season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. My name is Jay Strickland, and I'm the host. We got episode number two of three here this weekend as we are in week number three of our Arkansas Sticks interview series. Great episode yesterday with Drake Varnado, uh, short, sophomore shortstop at Arizona State, recent transfer from Arkansas. Got another great episode, got some more great content here today with Troy Wansing, sophomore pitcher at Texas A&M, recent transfer from Purdue University where he was all Big Ten freshman team last year. He's in some contention for some big innings here in the SEC coming in as a sophomore. Um, so I just really love the conversation with him today. Uh, he had a lot of great uh, t- touching points to t- talk about. Um, so today we kind of discussed just what the overall transfer process was like what it was like being in that whole transfer portal we talk about his pitching repertoire um, some pitches that he's wanting to add here in the future or just some pitches overall that he wants to get fixed we dig into fall ball kind of what the differences have been at Purdue and at Texas A&M in fall ball and what he kind of sees going into the future Uh, we dig into the advisor selection process as well Um, just much more kind of digging his entire career so far Um, so like I said I really enjoyed this episode today hope you guys enjoy it as well Um, so let's dig into it Welcome back to the JKR podcast. Today we have former Arkansas Sticks pitcher, incoming sophomore at Texas A&M. We got Troy Wansing on the show. Troy, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? I'm good. Uh, just got rolled out of practice, so I'm excited to be on this. Awesome. And I didn't butcher that last name, right? Like I got that right? No, you didn't. You got it right. Perfect. All right. So uh, before we dig into your career a little bit, I do have one question I like to ask everybody I get on the show just to get everything rolling. And that is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Troy? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I would say, um, I'm at, if you first meet me, I'm a very reserved kid. But uh, once I open up, I can kind of uh, lead you into some cool stuff. Um, I like to say I'm pretty knowledgeable on the baseball side of things. Um, so one of the big things I like to do is just be kind of like a like a teammate coach almost like if kids have questions uh they can always come and ask me and it's kind of like a cool perspective to have on the game yeah so you just you just got done with practice for the day uh, so i take us through what the, what this fall ball bins like so far and what what uh what you were focusing on today um today was uh actually a bullpen day so i was just uh working on getting ready for friday we have inter squads we actually enter squad friday sunday and wednesday um they're usually shorter, but um, the fall has been good. We started off with like a couple weeks of just like individuals, which is just like small group work. And then we've gotten into our team practices. Um, we actually have two uh, scrimmages coming up. Uh, one's on the 15th of October, and then we have one later as well. So I'm super pumped for those. Awesome. So as, you, as you've gone through here these first, I don't know, four or five weeks of school going through fall ball, uh, what's some of the big differences that you've seen being in College Station compared to last fall when you were playing in the Big Ten at Purdue? Uh, the biggest change is just, like, the commitment to uh, to baseball. Like, baseball is a big deal down here. Um, not saying it wasn't a big deal at Purdue. It was just a very different look on things. Um, people care about baseball, and you can see that. It's uh, reflected in, like, the facilities down here. Um just field-wise, weight room-wise, everything, everything's at the field, which is really nice to have compared to what it was like at Purdue. And just from, like, a coaching standpoint, um, it's been great to work with uh, Coach Yeski. He's probably one of, if not the best, pitching coaches in the nation at the college level. And, um, yeah, I'm just excited to put our heads together and see what happens in the spring. All right. So let's let's dig into a little bit of your one season at Purdue, going through the transfer process, now at A&M. So just starting off, let's dig into your experience at Purdue. So kind of take us through what that what fall ball was like there up to uh, when you were starting. Pretty, I mean, I saw that you started the majority of your games you pitched in. So uh, just take us through fall ball and then uh, last spring as well. Uh, yeah, fall ball was pretty similar to what it is here. Um, 
we started off maybe a couple weeks earlier, but uh, we ran from like the beginning of September to the end of October. Um, had a few scrimmages in there. Uh, my fall ball last year was actually really good. It was kind of nice to come in and be able to like establish myself as a guy that could possibly be like a weekend starter in the spring. So it was great to get the first fall under my belt. And then that kind of rolled into the spring. Uh, the few like preseason uh, scrimmages we had were really good for me as well. And then, um, yeah, I kind of rolled through the spring. Uh, the first half of the spring was really good for me. Uh, kind of struggled a little bit once we hit um, uh, conference play, but I finished it up really strong and I honestly wouldn't trade my experience there for anything. It kind of set me up to be able to do what I want, um, do what I want in the transfer portal. And it was really nice. Yeah. So that one season at Purdue, who were some of the, who were some of the teammates and even some coaches that you built, you were able to build um, some pretty strong relationships with uh, in your one season in West Lafayette? Um, I would say the best relationship I had was probably Chris Marks. He was our pitching coach last year. Um, I don't think he's any longer the pitching coach there, but um, I'm excited I got to work with him. And then just some guys, uh, Jackson Smeltz, he was our Friday night guy. He was a guy that kind of like almost took me under his wing and like helped me navigate through the season. Like, especially when I was struggling, I would like turn to him and he was, he was always there. Um, I would say another couple guys kid named logan dan's eisen who should have a really good season for him this year um he was coming off tj last year and he kind of helped me like understand the grind of everything and uh another guy named calvin shapiro he should be on the weekends again for him this year he actually had tj right before we started the spring and he was just another like mentor figure that i'm definitely like i could say i'm blessed to have those guys so it was awesome so playing in the Big Ten last year, I mean, obviously Big Ten baseball, like I mean, like you mentioned here early on, Big Ten baseball isn't the same as SEC when it comes just the love for baseball, the funding that it gets, all that. But Big Ten's still a pretty solid conference. So who were some of the toughest guys that you faced when you were on the mound last year, last spring in the Big Ten? Gosh, I can't remember any exact matchups. Um, I tend to not look at that kind of stuff. But um, teams overall, I would say Michigan was definitely – a team that could that could hit it if you put it in a in the wrong spot. They were kind of like an older group, um, and then Illinois was kind of a surprising one. They were a group that was kind of like riding the edge of being really really good. Um, they had a few missing pieces, but from offensive standpoint, they could they could just absolutely swing it. And in their and in their park, they uh, played to their strengths, which which was really hard to pitch in sometimes. Yeah. And then you, did you ever get the chance? I mean, like I said before we started recording, I am from IU. So did you get the chance to play Indiana last spring? What was that like? I did. It was actually uh, – I think it was one of our colder weekends, so we didn't get, like, the full experience of, like, the real IU-Purdue uh, rivalry. But I would say that was still, from a fan standpoint, our biggest turnout. It was cool. Like, I think – it was just like the atmosphere of everything. Like, that's what I'm going to get every day in the SEC. So it's really kind of cool to like, oh, that was a big weekend in the Big Ten, but this is every day in the SEC. And kind of like getting to feel that is something that I that I knew I wanted more of. So that kind of play, also played into my decision out yeah. of the portal. So was that was that at Purdue or was that IU when you faced them? <clears throat> that was at Purdue. Okay. So playing, is, is it called Brett Alexander Field? I know it's something similar to that. Um, there at I'm not sure the first part of it, but I know it's Alexander Field. Okay, so playing at Alexander Field, I know that's one of the better Big Ten fields um, that um, the Big Ten schools have. So what what was like what was like playing there? What were some of your favorite things of Alexander Field? Uh, I would have to say my favorite thing by far was just like the playing surface. The actual field of everything was bar none the best in the Big Ten, and honestly, you could go and say in the country. Um, it was all natural. The dirt was amazing. The mound was amazing. Outfield was amazing. Um, just kind of like the atmosphere of it all. It all being brick was a really cool, like, feel. And, yeah. So, with Alexander Field being all all natural, is that because um, Purdue has – because doesn't Purdue have some sort of, like, uh, is like grounds crew management major or something similar to that? Um, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure Purdue has, like, a turf – turf management major i think is what it's called and it's it's a big deal at purdue so um a lot of those guys uh run that and it's really cool to like see them 
take care of the fields and yeah. stuff. That, that's a, that's definitely a cool experience for him. But let's let's dig into that tr- how that transfer process went down. So you played the whole season at Purdue. So when exactly did those thoughts start creeping into your head that maybe maybe I want to transfer from Purdue? Maybe maybe there's a better place for me out there in the country. Uh, when did those thoughts thoughts start creeping into your head? Uh, those thoughts really weren't in my head until I would say after the season was done. Um, there were some, there were some times during the season where I was like, Hey, I wish this was better, but I was like, I wasn't going to think about transferring before the season was done. I was worried about winning, getting to the big 10 tournament at Purdue was a, a big step in the right direction for that program. But, um, definitely after the season was done, I was like, I, re- I was reflecting and I was like, what, what would I want out of this? And it was, it was to the point where I didn't think Purdue was going to give me the chances to develop myself as a player and hopefully into a, a, a high round draft pick in three years. So I decided it was probably best for me to move on. So how, how long, how long was this debate in your head and you probably talked with your parents and advisor? How long did that go on before you actually decided, all right, let's, let's enter the transfer portal. Um, it actually wasn't very long. It was probably like a couple days. Um, there was, I had kind of talked to my parents a little bit before um, I decided to transfer and they were like a hundred percent supportive. They're like, it's your decision. If you don't believe that this is a place you're gonna, you don't see yourself at, then there's no reason for you to stay here. Um, so it was, it was really nice to have that like support. And then just from like an advisor side, he was kind of the same way. Um, it was, it was just nice to have support and knew that, the people around me believed in me and knew that I was going to, if I wanted to find a better fit for me. So can you take us through that transfer portal process? Cause obviously the transfer portal is now pretty big in basketball, football, obviously the baseball transfer portal, it doesn't get as much publicity, but can you take us through what it's like to actual transfer? Like what are some things you need to do to make it official? Um, and then just take us through that whole thing. Yeah. Um, it's actually a wild process, um, especially if you see like any sort of success as a freshman, but you kind of just, the process of it isn't very, really that hard. Um, the hardest part of it is sitting down with your head coaches um, or like pitching coaches, stuff like that, and telling them that you want to transfer because you've built that relationship with them. But um, just like, so you pretty much sit down with your coaches and then, um, you end up having to talk to the compliance office with office, which at Purdue and mostly everywhere, they like handle all of like the NCAA stuff like that and the transport stuff. And then it's like a one to two day, like process of them actually getting everything su- submitted and you actually getting into the transfer portal. Then once you're in, um, it just, it just, goes crazy like i can't even probably begin to count the number of phone calls that i had within like a 24-hour span i would say gosh i would have to say anywhere between like 20 and 25 schools reaching out um guys that i had talked to coming out of high school and stuff like that um that are that were at new schools um it was it was crazy because for me, I wasn't like a super highly recruited prospect out of high school. Um, my development came kind of late. Um, my like senior year for the most part of high school is when I kind of like blossomed into the, into the guy that I knew that I could be a difference maker in like division one baseball. So it was kind of like a, a chance at the recruiting process for me. It was like, now we understand how the kids that were good, like, good earlier on how they felt when they were going through this process in high school so it was it was kind of cool to see that that side of things yeah so how, how long how long is that turnaround period from when you told the coaching staff at Purdue filled out the paperwork and officially entered the portal how long is that turnaround for that paperwork to go through with the uh, the compliance office it's actually fairly quick it's like I would say the fastest is like a day I think mine got done in two days Okay. So who, when you did get kind of get this second chance at the, at the recruiting process and your name actually officially entered the transfer portal, who were some of those teams that were reaching out to you, trying to get you to play here, uh, play for them this upcoming spring? Um, Of course it was uh, schools like 
Texas A&M, of course, because they ended up down here. And then um, there was a lot of schools in the Big Ten, a lot of a lot of teams that were um, saw me pitch actually during the season. I pitched against them, and they were like, "Hey, we could turn that into something good." So there's a few that reached out, and then there was uh, a couple SEC teams. I don't want to just for personal purposes. I don't want to get into like the details of like name dropping teams, but there was a lot. There was uh, some teams in like the Sun Belt and stuff like that. There's a lot of very good mid majors as well. Yeah. So as you were going through this kind of like second recruiting process, what were some of the what were some of the key things that you were looking for in a team and a coaching staff um, that you were deciding to go play for the next this upcoming season? Uh, the number one thing for me was finding a coaching staff that was like process driven. Um, there were some moments, um, nothing against the Purdue coaching staff, but this past spring that I felt like it was like, it was a win now situation at Purdue. And that, that wasn't something that I was like, this is what, this is really what I want to be a part of. Like, I feel like coaching staffs that are committed to the process as it might take longer, but they always see more success. And that's where I want to be. I want to be a guy. I want to be with a coaching staff that can, Hey, in two years now, that I can be a, a first round draft pick or a top five round draft pick. Um, another thing was just weather, honestly. Um, being in the Big Ten, being in Indiana, you might know this a little bit, but it's just cold. Like, yeah, I don't almost all baseball I, season. Yeah. I don't think we played in a game above like 50 or 60 degrees until it was almost May. So you kind of have to be built a different, a different way to be able to handle that. And, um, it was just something I didn't love. And then the biggest thing, this is kind of funny, but uh, close closeness to home, that was one thing that I was I didn't get it, but Texas A&M was like the right fit, so I was willing to sacrifice being closer to home with A&M because I knew I would be happy down here. So how long, how long did this process take from when you entered the portal to when you actually did decide on A&M? Um, I think – it was like right at four weeks because I went on five visits. Um, I'll just tell you the visits because you could probably go out there and find them if you really want to. I went to Nebraska, Iowa, Kentucky, West Virginia, and then here at Texas A&M. Okay. So how would you – obviously A&M was that, that number one choice, but how would you compare uh, those five visits? Like what were some different things that – what were some different ways that schools went about kind of like their pitch to you and what were some differences that you've seen on different campuses? Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like every school went with uh, went with the pitch of, "Hey, look at our facilities. This is all the things that we have that Purdue Purdue didn't have." Um, a lot of the ones um, coming from like an academic institution like Purdue, um, the ones that pitched education really drew my attention, um, just because. If baseball doesn't shake out, I want to be able to fall back on something. Uh, I want to be able to fall back on a degree that can get me somewhere in life. And um, A&M was like one of those institutions. Um, they actually have something really cool if you graduate from A&M. There's a thing called the Aggie Ring, the Aggie Network, which is like just like a big network of, of business people or professional uh, people that like if you have this ring on, they'll know you, they'll walk up to you, they'll give you a they'll give you a better chance of getting a job. So it's really cool to be at a school that has a history like that. Yeah. So you mentioned being you mentioned academics were a big thing. Like you said, going to Purdue where you were a, it was it was a, like an engineer management degree. What what management what what major were you at when you were at Purdue? Yeah, so actually I started in engineering, um, the whole the whole fall semester. I quickly figured out that that was going to be very hard with baseball and um, being in a top five engineering program in the country. I backed off of that and uh, ended up in actually uh, sales, which is just like business type degree. That's what it was called. It was called uh, selling and sales at Purdue. So what's, what's your major now when you're at a and I have... <laughs> This is funny. Um, I actually switched again. I'm in agricultural leadership here. It was the best major for me that all of my credits transferred to. Okay. So let's say, let's say 15 years down the road, baseball is not working out. What is, what is the main, what is the end goal when it comes to maybe some non non baseball career um, goals? 
That's a tough question for me because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really know. Um, not that I haven't thought about it, but um, kind of just whatever falls in my lap, I guess I'm, I'll be willing to do. I like to, I like to work. So anything um, that will keep me busy and kind of is hands-on is kind of the way that I want to go. Yeah. That's um, def- definitely a, definitely good with all the majors that you, you said you've been through with engineering, sales and selling, um, those are definitely you can definitely tell by those types of majors that you chose. But um, when you're comparing the two recruiting, the two recruiting processes, when you're going through your high school one where you say you didn't get too much attention just because your development was a little bit later in your in your um, high school career. Um, how would you compare the recruiting process um, from this past summer when you're in the transfer portal compared to when you were in high school? Um, I would compare them as a like a complete opposites um the one my recruiting process out of high school was i don't want to say boring but it wasn't as eventful as it was um this summer the summer was jam-packed probably like like i said mentioned earlier probably 20 to 30 teams in 20 hours so there's a lot of information process um out of high school i had months if i wanted to i could have taken two, three years if I really wanted to. So just like the timetable of when you need to make a decision was completely different. And just the number of teams and the caliber of teams that reached out was, were completely different as well. So now, now that you've been at college station for a while now, has it seemed like it did when you were going through that process, going through the visit? Like how have you liked college station so far? Um, it's exactly what I thought it was beyond what I thought it was going to be. Honestly, um, you could tell just by meeting the coaches, meeting uh, coach Flashnagel and, Coach Yeski and Coach Early and all of them that they were genuine people. Like we talk a lot about being like a real guy, and they're definitely real guys, which was which was nice. Um, they're definitely good motivators, good coaches, and um, I couldn't be more excited to to work with them. Yeah. So going so going through fall ball now, kind of establishing yourself, um, just getting to know everybody. What what's your outlook on this upcoming spring like? Uh, what's playing time? What's playing time looking like in your mind at this point? I mean, what are some different ways you're going about proving yourself right now? Uh, the biggest thing for me is just in these inner squads, just getting getting outs. Um, you don't have to have the flashy stuff. You don't have to throw a hundred. Um, if you get outs, you're gonna pitch. Um, and that's one of the big things that the coaches here stress. Like, it may be cool to throw a hundred, but if you throw a hundred and it's not a strike, it, it doesn't matter. Um, but from like outlook perspective, um, I'm hoping to end up in the weekend rotation here, but that is a hundred percent up to me to, uh, make that happen, which is, which is kind of cool. I've had conversations with coach Jeske about this and like, Hey, if you want to be in the, in the weekend rotation, you certainly can be, but it is a hundred percent up to you to put in the work, to see the results, um, for that to happen. So it's just been, it's definitely, it's definitely a process and um, it's an exciting process for sure. I'm sure. Especially. And then just from like a team outlook, um, the goal here is a hundred percent to win the college world series. And um, the talent is here to do that. It just depends if we, if we execute with that talent and uh, continue to build on the, on the good weeks we've had up to now. Yeah. I mean, you guys made the college. I mean, Texas A&M made the college world series last year. Am I wrong? You are right. Okay. That's, that's, that's what I thought. So who are some other guys, obviously beside yourself, who are some other guys to be on the outlook for this upcoming spring when I'm watching Texas and Texas A&M baseball? Um, from a starting pitching standpoint, um, I would hundred percent say Nathan Detmer. Um, he's a dude. Um, he might, he'll probably end up being our Friday night guy. Um, just an absolute dude like bowling ball sinkers nasty sliders um another guy chris cortez from the pitching side um doesn't look like he would throw 100 but he throws he throws 100 it's crazy to see him pitch um it's awesome and then just just from like a offensive side we have most of our returners from last year so we have like jack moss trevor warner austin boast jordan thompson um so our offense is going to be really good, um, probably better than it was last year, and it was really good last year. So 
it's exciting that we have all these returning position players and we have some really exciting arms on the pitching side of things. So who are some of the guys that um, you've been able to bond with the most and just get the closest with this past, this past fall? I would have to say uh, Brandon Garcia. He's a uh, transfer from Quinnipiac. Um, super live arm, probably he's like 92, 95 up to 96. Um, just was in like not a great conference being at Quinnipiac. He was in Connecticut. Um, he's a guy that I play catch with every day and uh, have a lot of really good conversations with. Um, he's always willing to learn something. Um, and he's always willing to teach something as well, which is really cool. Um, another guy would be uh, Jace Hutchins. He's a uh, transfer from Texas. Um, he actually had, uh, I don't remember the exact surgery name, but um, TOS is their abbreviation for it. Um, so he's currently coming back from that. And he's just a guy that's just an absolute grinder um, at the field all the time, always working. And it's really cool to see that from a guy that can't even pitch, like seeing that work, work ethic because you know he's going to be good once uh, it gets to the spring. So you say he's from Texas. So is Texas and Texas A&M, is that like the, the big rivalry? Or what exactly is A&M's big rival up there, down there in Texas? It is Texas. Uh, the funny thing is, is we actually have two transfers from Texas. We have Jace Hutchins and then we have Josh Stewart, which is another mm. pitcher transfer. Um, we kind of make the joke uh, in the locker room, like, how many times do you think we've had two transfers from Texas going to Texas A&M in the same year? That that's that's definitely going to be that's going to be definitely an interesting weekend when you guys are playing Texas. It's a I'm going to have to go tune into that, watch that weekend. Shoot, but, for sure. Uh, um, you've mentioned the coaching staff here a couple times now, just about how they go through the process, they do it the right way. Um, but for you to to commit to A&M, you obviously had to have a good relationship with them to start out with. But since you've committed there, now you've been playing for a while. Um, how has your relationship with the coaching staff? How has it evolved? since you've been in A&M and in, and in College Station? Um, it's evolved in a lot of ways, actually. Just the biggest way I would say, just from, like, a trust standpoint, um, it's hard for these coaches to, like, get a read of you on your on your recruiting trips. But, um, like, getting down here, putting in the work, like, Yeski, me and him have conversations all the time, like, hey, what are you working on? And it, if I, like, mentioned something to him, he's like, oh, yeah, like, we can definitely work on that, but I had thoughts about this. So just like the trust of knowing that, like, I know what I want to do and knowing what he wants me to do and being able to like bounce those ideas off of each other is like a really cool experience. So I would say that's the biggest way that our relationships have developed. And even from um, just like a head coaching standpoint with uh, coach slash and able, it's been kind of the same way. So you've mentioned now you've, so earlier on when you were talking about your whole recruiting process in the transfer portal, you kind of talked about your initial recruiting process in high school, how it was kind of, you'd say kind of boring. So let's, let's dig into that a little bit. Let's dig into your initial recruiting process and what ended you up at Purdue. Um, so when exactly did that recruiting process start for you? When did you start getting noticed by some, some division one teams? Yeah. So that I played summer ball originally for the Royal scout team, which is a pretty well known well-known organization um, in the Midwest and kind of across the country. So I got some exposure there, but nothing really uh, took off until I played in the Futures games, uh, the PBR Futures games my junior year. So there, um, that was my first encounter with anybody from Purdue. And then from there, the relationship kind of evolved. And then I want to say that was in August and by October, of 2019 i was committed to purdue okay were there some were there some other teams that kind of key in on you as well or was purdue uh, kind of the school that went after you the most purdue was definitely a school that went after me the most um there was uh a team from the ivy league and then wichita state i talked to a little bit as well okay so what were some when you were initially going through it obviously wichita state is still a good baseball program purdue I mean, they're. I mean, they're. I mean, they're in the Big Ten, good baseball conference as in general. Um, so, what were some key things you were looking for when you were deciding between the Ivy League school, Purdue, Wichita State, and potentially any other schools that were in the process as well? Um, the biggest thing for me was uh, where I thought I was going to fit best. Um, and <laughs> another thing was um, 
just the ability to be able to get on my get on the field as a freshman. Um, that was one thing that my that my parents stressed. They were like, "Hey, you can go here. It's a really good, really good baseball program, but it doesn't make sense if you're not going to play until you're a sophomore." And I was like, "You're probably right. It, it doesn't." So um, it's kind of funny that I prioritized that because making that decision and going to Purdue allowed me to then end up at A&M, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So take us through last fall ball when you're going into Purdue, you're a freshman. Um, they've got some guys who are ahead of you on that depth chart for pitching. Uh, take us through what's your mindset as you go through it. You're like, all right, got to prove myself to these coaches, got to make, got to get myself in the rotation, get myself some innings this upcoming spring. So kind of take us through that mindset a little bit. Yeah, that mindset was actually like, it was, it was just free. Like, I don't, I don't know how else to put it. Like I had no expectations, so I didn't put any stress on myself. So I was like, Hey, like if I go out there and, and strike out six batters in two innings, like, Hey, that's really good. But like, there was a level of like, I don't know what to expect. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stress on what the result is. And, but I knew if I went out there and I was myself that I was going to go out there and strike out six guys in two innings. So it was kind of like, it was just like taking it all in, like getting used to being at a division one school. And um, I think honestly, having no expectations of what I thought it was going to be like really helped me. Um, it kind of kept everything in perspective and really allowed my, me to be out, go out there and just be aggressive. Like I didn't know necessarily know like the guys that I was facing. So I was like, well, I'm just going to attack them with my best stuff. And a lot of the times my best stuff wins. So it was, it was, it was nice to have the success that I had in the fall. So in those inner squad scrimmages, who were some of the, who were some of the toughest outs you had to face on that Purdue roster? Um, I would say the toughest out for me by far was uh, Paul Tates, which was actually transferred from IU you might know the name yep I, I, I remember I remember his freshman his freshman year was my freshman year I believe so. yeah mm-hmm. and another one was uh Curtis Washington Jr he was a transfer from Wabash Valley College and then he's actually with the Mariners now but probably one of the fastest dudes I've ever met and if he put it in play there's a chance he was going to be safe so it was you were trying always to get him to either strike out or make contact hard enough but not too hard to where he would get a hit. So that was definitely a, a tricky at bat. I'm sure. All right, so let's let's transition a little bit to travel ball. So you mentioned the Kansas City Royals scout team. Obviously, we got connected through Coach Brewster with the Arkansas Sticks. I also saw that you played for the Rawlings national team. So we got a lot of we got a lot to dig into here. Uh, let's dig into the Kansas City Royals scout team first. So what was that experience like playing for the scout team? Obviously, that's a big difference from playing from other organizations. So kind of take us through that Royal scout team experience a little bit. Yeah, that was uh, probably the biggest blessing in disguise of my uh, high school career. It actually kind of happened out of the blue. I was previously on a on a uh, travel ball team before that. That was just like a local travel ball team called Prodigy um, in Kansas City. Uh, but then that team split up. And then I was trying to figure out a place to go. And then um, Carter Jensen, who actually was the third round or sorry, fourth round pick. No, third round pick for the Royals in the 2021 draft. I had previously played with him on a travel ball team and he was going to try out for the Royals uh, scout team. And his dad texted my parents like, hey, um, there's a pitching spot uh, open if you want to come try out. So I was like, yeah, sure. Um, And then I made that team. And then that was my. That was my first experience with kind of what real deal baseball was. Um, It opened my eyes to the level of like, dang, these kids are really good and I need to get better in a hurry if I want to compete. So that kind of, that kind of showed me like, Hey, you need to work. And that kind of instilled in me the work (laughs) ethic I have now. All right. So you go from playing on that Royal scout team to playing for the Arkansas sticks. Also saw, like I said, the Rawlings national team. So which team did you play for first, the Sticks or the Rawlings national team? I played with the Rawlings national team first in uh, Jupiter. Okay. So was that, just a, was that just a one tournament thing or did you end up playing for them for, for a while? Uh, that was just a one tournament thing. That was actually um, – it was pretty much the Sticks, but we just changed our name for um, 
the WWBA or whatever that is in Jupiter. Okay. So kind of take us, take us through uh, going from the Royal scout team to the Arkansas sticks, how exactly you got connected with the sticks and coach Brewster. Yeah. So um, Jupiter is a really big deal in uh, the high school baseball world. And I knew it was something that I wanted to do. Um, I got connected with coach Brewster through Dirk Kenny, actually. He's a, he's a local Cardinal scout in the Kansas city area that kind of does, I think he does like Missouri, Kansas, and Oklahoma or something like that. Um, he was really good friends with the guy that I did all like my pitching work with, Bob Zimmerman at Premier Baseball in Kansas City, um, and with my uh, advisor, Eric Johnson. So um, I would say it was, gosh, I, it was the fall of my senior year. So it was like, it was like maybe September-ish of 2020. So right after COVID and stuff like that, I had had a good summer before then. And then um, that fall, I like really started to pick up like velo and stuff like that. So Bob invited Dirk out to watch me throw a couple bullpens at Premier. And uh, he liked what he saw. So he got me. He was he was probably one of the first people to believe in me before I even probably believed in myself and knew that I could do what I was capable of. Um, and then he got me connected with chase and then, um, chase asked me to come play. And I was like, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of where it all started with him. Okay. So can you, so going through both programs, how just playing a couple of years there with the sticks with coach Brewster, how would you compare, um, that Royal scout team experience to the Arkansas sticks? Cause obviously they're, they're both playing pretty legitimate baseball in the summer circuit. So, uh, how would you compare both those programs? Yeah, from like a competition standpoint, they were very similar. But from a relationship standpoint, they were completely different. Um, funny enough, uh, Coach Brewster was – I think he was the first guy to reach out to me when he when I entered the transfer portal. He was like, hey, where do you want to go? I'll get you there. Like, I totally believe in you, and I'll put in a good word. So just from like a relationship standpoint, uh, I absolutely love Coach Brewster and uh, Dirk, Art, Dirk as well. Um they're just amazing people and they're, and they're very personable. Like they still keep up to me with this day. Like, Hey, how are things going? So it's, I'm so glad that they're kind of in my corner. Yeah. I, I've, I've told multiple guys here as I've gone through this, like Arkansas sticks interview series I'm doing. Like, I mean, I, I interviewed coach Brewster first. I kind of got to know him a little bit and like just interviewing him, interviewing some of the, some of the, his players now and some of you guys who used to play for him in the past, like, I just feel like everyone in that organization is like just are just genuine good people who who value good good relationships. Like I've just got kind of got that vibe from talking to all you guys. Absolutely, yeah, Brewster. That all comes from from Brewster. Like if you when I went and played with him in in Jupiter, he was like, like dude, like you, like you don't realize like how good you are, and like he he was being serious. He was like, you don't realize how good you are, and you don't realize where you could be in three to four years. Um, and he was kind of just like, he believes in everybody that he brings to that, that organization. Um, he's not going to bring you around if you aren't a good person. And um, he makes sure that everyone is a good person because he doesn't want like coaches that to influence kids in wrong ways. Um, and everybody around him is amazing. So it's, it's, it's really cool to see him have the success that he's had and, get the attention he deserves yeah so besides the right relationship side of things for the arkansas sticks with you just being an insider what do you think's led to the arkansas Sticks' success because i mean nowadays they have probably 12 13 guys in each age group going to sec pac 12 big 10 schools so what do you think's led to their success here in these past couple of years it's a hundred percent chase himself um he kind of goes out he's like the guy that recruits for that organization pretty much like if he was at a division one school, like I would imagine those kids would go to whatever school he's at because chase is chase. Um, that's kind of what got me hooked. I had like a few text conversations with him, had a few phone calls with him. And I was like, this dude is just an awesome dude. And I want to play for him because he believes in me. And because he believes in me, I believe in him and what he can do for me. So um, I would say it's, it's chase. And for, uh, the team's chase coaches um i would say a lot of it's dirk as well just dirk being like a like a area scout for the cardinals um 
he knows what he's talking about. Um, uh, so it's cool to have like the expertise from guys like Dirk and all the other supporting coaches. And then just having like um, the relationship side from, of course, the support staff and everybody, but uh, Brewster himself. Yeah. So you met, you mentioned coach Brewster, you mentioned Dirk there. Um, so I assume these guys are going to be a part of this answer, but who have been some of the most influential guys that you've been, who've been a part of your career so far in the baseball world? Yeah, definitely those two uh, kind of already touched on that. But another thing I want to, another person I want to mention is Bob Zimmerman. Um, I kind of already mentioned him, but he's the guy that kind of, he does a lot of like drive line based stuff. He's kind of like the pitching development guy in the Kansas city area. Um, he kind of gained popularity because he had, uh, I think it was 2016. He had two first rounders. Um, he had Riley Pint and then Joey Wentz. So that's kind of how he became popular in like the Kansas city, Missouri and Kansas area. And it was a guy that I wanted to work with shoot since I was, I was young, but my dad was always like very uh, skeptical about it, but he one uh, winter, he let me go. And then we never turned back, turned back. Um, Another person I would say is my dad. Um, he played baseball himself when he was younger. He always claimed he was never very good, but he uh, he always motivated to me to, me to be the best and to keep working. And um, without those guys, I don't think – I know for a fact I would not be anywhere near where I'm at now. Yeah, so you met, you mentioned Bob Zimmerman too there a little bit. So what what about his training is so special to where it's led to two first-round picks in that same year, Riley Pint, Joey Wentz, and just to the point now to where you're definitely – like where you, you're not turning back on training with him. Like what? how does he go about that training process to where um, it's just so successful um, in the baseball world? Uh, I think the biggest thing for him is that it's just so individualized. Um, he's so willing to like – get down in the nitty gritty of things and like figure out what make you, you and how can you make these things better? There's no like standard approach for everybody. Um, and I just from like a relationship standpoint too, it's kind of funny. Every, everybody that has a big impact on your life tends to have, like you always will have, it starts with a good relationship and then it builds on that and they end up making you better. Um, for me, it was definitely, I've had an amazing relationship with him for, like the past three years, um, he's a guy that I know I could call at any moment and he would be there and be like, yeah, um, the problem isn't as hard as you think it is. Um, it's a simple fix and let's get this figured out. Um, but yeah. So you've talked about it here a couple of times throughout the, throughout the interview about how your goal and the reason you went to A&M was because your goal is to be drafted to be an MLB player, go play baseball professionally. Um, that doesn't happen alone. You've mentioned all these guys, but another person along that process is a draft advisor slash an agent. Um, so I do want to dig into that about your whole selection process and how, how that whole thing went down. Just because, like I said, I'm trying to be an agent here in a couple of years once I graduate. Um, so just take us through that process. When was it that um, agents and advisors kind of started reaching out to you? Uh, yeah, that time frame was... I would say I think I got with my advisor um, the winter going into my senior spring. So it was I want to say it was like January of 2021 is when I um, linked up with my advisor. My advisor is Eric Johnson. He works with Warner Sports Management. Um, he uh, has guys like Hunter Dozier, Whit Merrifield, a lot of guys on the Royals. So it was almost a no doubter for me to go with him. Um, He's a local guy to Kansas City, has a lot of high schoolers in Kansas City as well. Um, so, and it was, it was a guy that knew Bob and Dirk really well. So I was like, and they spoke really highly of him. I was like, this is a guy that I think it's a no brainer to go with. And I'm so glad that I did because he helps me every day of this uh, transfer portal process. And he helped me kind of navigate uh, some draft stuff my senior year so. He's been a guy that has always been a huge supporter of mine, and um, hopefully I'll get to work with him for a long time. So before you actually did decide on Eric, were there some other guys that potentially reached out to you as well? Or was it just since Eric kind of reached out somewhat early in, in the process that he was kind of like the first guy to reach out? Yeah, since Eric kind of reached out so early, um, it was kind of always going to be him. Um, I had a few others, but no one that had like – I really talked to. 
So when you were going, obviously you knew Eric was going to be your guy, but if you were to go through the process of having multiple, having maybe like 10, 15 guys reaching out to you, what, what do you think would be some key things that you would be looking for um, in an advisor and in, in, um, advisor slash an agent? Um, I think kind of like the personability of everything, um, not going with an agency that's so big that their only goal is to suck money out of you. I think there's a guys are looking for advisors and agents that are going to pick up and pick up the phone and call them every week, every two weeks, like relationships matter. And especially when it's someone that will take a certain percentage of your signing bonus. Um, and it's nice to like have guys that, you know, are in your corner that they're, they're betting on you for your success because they want you to succeed, not because they just want to check from you. So, and just being able to build a good relationship um, is definitely the biggest thing that I would look for if I had that opportunity again. So, so now that you've been kind of had a relationship with Eric for, it's, I mean, coming up on two years now, I mean, it's already October here in 2022. So, um, now that you've kind of had a good relationship with him for a while, like how often do you guys generally talk? Uh, maybe through text, on the phone, in person. Uh, how often are you guys in contact now that you've been in a re- uh, had have had a good relationship here for a while? Um, it's always uh, a couple times a month. It's kind of it kind of depends on what's going on, um, what's going on with him. Like if he if he's busy with, say, he has other guys that are going through draft process and stuff like that, or it's springtime it's usually not as often or if it's the heat of the summer and he's dealing with a bunch of um like major league stuff but we always connect at least a couple times a month and um yeah it's usually just like hey how are you doing how's baseball um and then yeah it's just like just nice to have those check-ins every every couple times a month because it makes you feel like they care about you of course all right, man. So I got a couple more questions here for you before we end off the podcast. We've talked about baseball now. I mean, it says we're going on we're going on for now 47 minutes. So uh, as we end off the podcast, let's move on from the baseball field just a little bit. Um, so when you're not on the ball diamond, you're not on the pitcher's mound. Uh, what are some that maybe you have beyond the baseball field? Uh, I would say my biggest passion is uh, getting on the golf course and um, typically with my friends and just like having fun um golf is really hard um and it's really easy to appreciate how hard it is when you play such a difficult game like baseball um another thing i like about it is just like it's just an easy going game um and you get to go out there and have fun with your friends so how do those golf courses down there in texas how do they compare to uh maybe some of those golf courses up in northwest indiana and even in your hometown up in kansas down in kansas city um i haven't really been to any golf course down here i've been to the campus course here at purdue or not purdue but uh texas a&m but the courses i played on at purdue were actually the campus courses as well and we kind of mentioned this earlier um the turf grass stuff at purdue is actually a huge deal so those courses were extremely extremely nice up there um the ones down here aren't bad they're just it's just so hot that some of them are kind of dried out and worn out yeah. So besides playing golf, what are some of your favorite things you like to do um, in your hometown of Kansas City? Oh, gosh. Um, I would say just spending quality time with friends, honestly. Um, I've kind of grown up with the same group of kids um, my whole life. I was blessed to never have to move. Uh, I grew up in the same house my whole life. So I've always had the same group of friends. Um, getting able to like spend time with them and decompress. Um, after saying being it being springtime and playing baseball for the last four months that gets to you and just being able to go home and knowing that you have a group of friends that want to do stuff is, is really nice. Yeah. So are you you a big chiefs Royals guy? Uh, I would say I'm a big fan of both. Um, In recent years, more of a chiefs guy just because the chiefs are so good, but I've always been a fan of both of my, my life. I got to go see Patty Mahomes up in Lucas Oil here this past week and got to see him uh, maybe uh, blow a game against the not-so-good Indianapolis Colts. So that was that was kind of fun to see. Yeah, not a great game, but, hey, um, 
hopefully we'll bounce back next week and and get a dub. Yeah, maybe maybe dub. maybe we'll see the Chiefs again in the playoffs. Who knows? But I hope so. I um, hope so. Troy, I got one last question here before we end it off. Uh, this is one question I kind of like to ask all my guys who are either committed to a college or in college right now. So name, image, and likeness. It's a new thing that came out um, here. I mean, it's going on a year and a half now since it's come out. Um, so you got the chance to maybe kind of capitalize on it last year, uh, potentially capitalize on it now. Um, so what would be one dream brand that you would love to work with uh, when it comes to NIL or even when you go play pro ball um, with endorsements? Um, That's a great question. I, I'm not too sure. I would say – this is going to be weird. Uh, it's not even baseball related, but I would say any brand kind of golf related um, being able to like be viewed as someone that's not just a baseball player is really cool. And name image likeness gives you that opportunity. So anything in the golf world, like any cool collaboration with like PGA, if we could, if I could go do something with them, that would be really cool. Um, any sort of, yeah, just any sort of like brand like that. I can't think of anything specific. I think another thing cool would be like, Oakley or something like that, seeing like Patrick Mahomes with his glasses and stuff like that, being able to design something that's like you and that people get to wear on the field is really cool as well. Yeah. Well, let's just say that that PGA one was kind of, when you were saying unique, I, was, I wasn't sure where you were going, but PGA is definitely something unique. I thought you were going to say like Lululemon or something, but <laughs> no, that, that PGA, that PGA one's a good answer. Like that's something I was not expecting, but uh, man, that's all the questions I got for you. Really appreciate you coming on the show. I uh, want to wish you the best of luck here this fall as you're working your way to a spot on that A&M uh, weekend rotation, potentially. Uh, best of luck here this spring and as you move into and uh, move into the future of your career as you head into the draft in a couple of years. Um, so I just really appreciate you coming on the show and being a part of this Arkansas Sticks series we got going on on the JKR podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, it was it was a pleasure to be on here and maybe I'll be on here again in the future. Okay, maybe maybe I'll have to take a trip down to College Station to interview in person. Who knows? Absolutely. And that's going to do it for another episode of the JKR podcast. Going to be episode number two of three here this weekend. Some great content today, great content yesterday. Make sure you're going to be expecting the same thing tomorrow. Some great content overall. Uh, just really cool these past couple of days learning about the different transfer portal processes, how people, how different players go about it, how different schools go about it. Um, just learning about Drake going from Arkansas to Arizona State and then now Troy today going from Purdue to Texas A&M. Just some really cool stories to go with that. Um, but no, just make sure to remember there's another great episode coming tomorrow as well. Got Joey Spence, Notre Dame sophomore catcher. Got to experience that College World Series a little bit last year as well. So um, just, I mean, just some great content coming here from the Arkansas Sticks. Really enjoying learning about their organization, learning about their players. So I'm um, just really excited for you guys to listen to it, learn more about it. such a great program within the United States here on the travel ball circuit. Um, but for any more updates on the JKR podcast, make sure to check out our social media, check out our website. Social media is going to be at JKR underscore podcast on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Website is www.jkrpodcast.com. So go give us a follow, check us out, hit the subscribe button, and I'll catch you guys tomorrow.